Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you last week? Uh, last week we started off shaking the Monday morning blues. And uh, we talked about why women ghost men. Oh, boy. Mm, mm. Well, here was the best part. We had the men on with us. So uh, they could kind of let us know if, you know, some of those things that the ladies listed were extreme or not. And I have to tell you, they actually uh, had some interesting responses. Well, one of the things that the ladies said was the communication was in the toilet and if you've been listening to us for a while you'll hear that that is one of brother al's things he's always talking about the communication always talking about the communication so yeah you know the men co-sign that if your communication skills are just kind of trashed trashy trashish any of those things yeah she has a right to ghost you. Hmm. What about the fact that he doesn't take you seriously? Yep. She listed it. She listed it. So if you needed somebody to speak for you because somebody just ain't listening, oh, yeah. Yeah. And the gentleman said that, hmm. Yep. Yep. You know, if her head is, you know, in a different direction than yours and, you know, she's, focused and full-fledged moving and you on the opposite side of the fence then oh well oh well she needs to ghost you mm-hmm. what else oh that first date let me tell you something that first date is something that can definitely take you down so the man agreed that yeah if she ghosts you we understand. We understand. So it was a really interesting conversation, very interesting conversation. And I'm hoping that it kind of answered more than just one issue, one question, you know? 
All righty. Well, we got our switch tip 173. Woo, that's a whole lot of tips over the years. Stop loving the world. You know, we just got finished reading the, the Bible cover to cover, and I have to tell you, in like 900 different ways, you were warned to stop loving the world. Yeah. Stop loving the things that the enemy gives that has nothing to do with God. Stop wanting the things that the world wants that God does not want you to have. Stop going after the things that you think are wonderful and flowery because that may not be what God wants you to have and the enemy has a way of making these things pretty and when you get over on that side it is ugly stop wanting to do everything but seek God I mean there was like a million different ways we were told from the word of God stop loving this world and no matter how it was given to you you always ended up finding out that you ended up behind the eight ball yeah so listen to the switch tip you know get the details of what Shantice was given I just gave you kind of like a ballpark from, from the word of God so you know that the word says stop loving this world so mm, Check it out, check it out, check it out. Well, let's talk about it. Tuesday, church folk day rolled around, and oh, we wrapped it up in our uh, Two Cents, My Two Cents segment with Kingdom Business Season 2, Episode 8, the finale. Yeah, there was no wedding. Oh, yeah, there was some folk who got arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taj and Rebel finally kissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, it all got wrapped up, and they gave us one huge cliffhanger, and that is mm, that African dialect that uh, Danita and uh, Caesar's son was uh, talking in. Mm-hmm. I don't know, y'all. I don't know. It don't look like from this end that that's a son. Or if it is, he after a little more than what they think. I don't know. I guess we'll find out come next season, God spares, if they decide to uh, push this thing. Yeah. So, uh, Go back and uh, get the catch-up. All righty? All righty. Well, wow. Wednesday was here before we knew it, and we started off with our girl Vivian and her socially conscious segment. And she talked about in New York they are cracking down on the jury duty invaders. Yeah, yeah, they're going for criminal and Civil, civil, civil summons, you know, if you don't appear or don't respond or something to that effect. They're talking about $250 fine for noncompliance, possible prison charges and time and yeah. 
Yeah, listen, the bottom line is you can be called as long as you have DMV file, you pay your taxes. If you file unemployment and uh, your voter's registration, yeah, that's where they're pulling these names from. So if you are, you have your name is in any one of those banks, you can be pulled up, okay? All right, so look for the mail because you're going to have to respond one way or the other. Well, the ladies got to talk about what's wrong with them. Who are we talking about? The men. Uh, what's wrong with them? We've already started off the week, so we might as well continue the week. Well, the ladies listed, uh, uh, there was another list. Yes, there was another list of all the things that men do that they just cannot stand, and they put at the top of the list men who know everything. I'm just going to give you a couple of things. I ain't even going to detail. Men who never apologize. Who? What else? What else? What? Men who don't actually listen to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They was listening to some things, and I, I think we got up to like seven, eight things. So go back, go back, go back. You just might find something on that list. And you just might hear a little something that you need to help you endure or help you pray. Yeah, because everything doesn't mean you run. No, 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 no. Everything does not mean you run. Certain things you just have to put before the Lord. Because if you think you're going to find a man that don't do any of these things we mentioned last week, girl, think again. Think again. Well, Therapeutic Thursday rolled around, and we got to talking about Jessica Alba and her 11-year-old daughter, who uh, she's having a little difficulty with and decided that, you know, she wanted to be a better parent than uh, maybe she had, you know, and uh, she wanted to give her an outlet to help her pull out and express the things that get on her nerves that Jessica Alba does. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, you should hear how the Dutam crew responded to that one. Well, they're sitting up in therapy right now because of that. So go and listen to the juice and find out what happened. Well, on Freestyle Friday, we kept on talking about the parents. Yep, 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 yep. And on this end, it was something a little different as Wiz Khalifa Talk about how he shows up at his 10-year-old son Sebastian's school all twisted high because he wants the teachers to know just who they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You may not be uh, getting all the accolades that you think you're going to get. Yeah, and Tiana Taylor and Iman Shumpert, yeah, they at it. And she's claiming that he's smoking weed while he has the children. He is not feeding them. Ooh, boy, they left us with a whole lot of the parenting issues last year. Mm, mm. Oh, boy. Well, that's how we spent our week last week. I advise you to go back and listen. I promise you will not be disappointed. All right? All right. Well, today is Shaking the Monday Morning Blues all over again. Yes, it is. Yes, we are. And if you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, Forget that thought. There's no wrong side of the bed if God has awakened you. It's the right side of the bed because God has given you another opportunity to get it right. Well, today is going to be a special, special edition 
of It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And uh, let's take that break, and I'll come back and tell you all about it. So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that It's Due Time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere, because we will be right back. We know the cause for some birth defects, but for most, we don't. That's because we think most birth defects are caused by a complex mix of factors. There are some factors that can increase the chance of having a baby with a birth defect. These are called risk factors and include smoking, drinking alcohol, or taking certain street drugs during pregnancy, having certain medical conditions such as obesity or uncontrolled diabetes, taking certain medications such as some acne drugs, having someone in your family with a birth defect, being an older mother, typically over 34, and exposure to some chemicals and viruses during pregnancy. Having one or more of these factors doesn't necessarily mean your baby will have a birth defect. It is important to talk to your doctor about what you can do to improve your chances to have a healthy baby. Shaking the Monday Morning Blues. Amen. And I'm going to say it just like that because if you're here, you know, on this side of the grave, then you need to be shaking that Monday Morning Blues if that's what you woke up with because God has been too good to us for us to be uh, twisted. And, you know, all, you know, unhappy. You know, things happen, things happen, things happen. But, you know, that's why God gave us is due time with Pastor Steph. All right? All righty. Well, let's get to talking. We got our, our, uh, I was not going to do our health tip, but you know what? Thanks to one of our loyal listeners, as Vivian says, we got, um, I got something, and I think I wanted to talk about it today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we're talking about some habits that destroy your brain. Now, here's the thing that I already see that's positive. Now, although destroying your brain ain't a good thing at all, habit is the operative word. Yeah, which means that we can get rid of that thing. Yes. Well, the first thing they say, mm, are you ready? Are you ready? Wait, 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 where is it? Lack of sleep deprives the brain. Yeah, they say chronic sleep deprivation stresses the brain and chips away at neurological health. 
Even losing one night of sleep alters brain function the next day. Long-term insufficient sleep increases the risk of dementia and other diseases. Well, Lord have mercy. Oh, can I tell you, I almost get no sleep. So, whew, yeah, my sleep's come like, I definitely don't get no seven hours that they talking about. Well, they say without enough sleep, concentration, memory, and complex thinking suffer. For example, consistently getting less than five hours of sleep makes you 50% more likely to forget details from a lecture you just heard. Well, then I need to jump into bed right now. Okay, I'll see y'all tomorrow. Bye. Well, to include, include and improve your sleep patterns, limit screen time before bed, stick to a schedule, and create an optimal sleep environment. Definitely getting seven hours of sleep at least. They say protects long-term brain health. Wow. Wow. Well, it's funny. I woke up this morning and I was like, all right, Stephanie, you definitely going to have to get your sleep together because I did a, a couple more hours last night and I still wasn't ready to get up. So I'm going to be working on that thing. Number two, they say poor diet, poor food, fuel for thought. That's what it says, poor diet equals poor fuel for thought. And I'm reading this stuff to you today because, you know, I'm not going to try to summarize it. i got a whole lot of stuff I want to talk to you about today. So I'm just going to read it. The expression, you are what you eat, applies to the brain as much as the body. They say diets high in sugar, unhealthy fats, and heavily processed foods negatively impact brain cells and cognitive skills. However, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and healthy fats nourish the brain, okay? So they're saying that trans fats commonly found in packaged snacks and fried foods increase inflammation throughout the brain, which is linked to mood and memory disorders later in life. Forget that later. I'm watching a whole lot of millennials go through this right now. Replacing these foods with more vegetables, fruits, Whole grains and lean proteins benefit neurological health. Mm, something else just came to mind, and I want to say amen. All righty. Are you all writing? We're talking about the habits that destroy your brain, which means that you can fix this. Amen. All right. Three, physical inactivity, a brain drain. Oh, Lord. A brain drain. Physical exercise beneficially alters brain chemistry, neural connectivity, blood flow, and neuron growth to optimize cognitive abilities. However, a sedentary lifestyle drains the brain of these advantages. All right, so I just instantaneously thought of several individuals, including myself. So come on, y'all, we got to fix this. They say sitting for over 10 hours daily, as many Americans do, doubles the risk of Alzheimer's and dementia compared to sitting less than four hours per day. So they say just 
infusing 20 to 30 minutes of moderate activity daily, like brisk walking, swimming, cycling, will fuel the brain with the oxygen and nutrients it depends on. Wow. Wow. Okay, yeah, I'm going to have to have some special prayer time and some conversation here. Thank God for these tips. Oh, my goodness. Four, chronic stress overloads brain circuits, they say. How many of you are raising your hand right now? How many of you are raising your hand right now? Come on, come on, come on. This is this is this is good stuff. Now remember, I don't read this before I give it to you. So, because I, I want to have the same response that you have, and I'm like, wow. Yeah, Vivian always laughs when I go, wow. She was the one. Vivian was the one who named Wow Wednesday, y'all. By the way, yep. She said because Miss Steph always says, wow. Well, girl, it's a wow morning. Cause I'm looking here and I'm like, wow. Is that why? Well, chronic stress, they say acute stress adapts the brain to challenging situations. Chronic stress generates excess neural activity that damages cognitive capacities. Prolonged exposure to stress hormones like cortisol kills brain cells in areas Vital for learning and memory. Oh, goodness gracious. They have an example. Anxiety resulting from high-pressure careers or financial strain speeds up brain aging, effectively coping with stress through mindfulness practices, social connection, and self-care protects neurological health. Simply listening to relaxing music, after a stressful day, will provide brain benefits. Amen. Wow. Wow. All right, y'all, we're talking about the habits that destroy your brain. Number five, and I really hope, and I'm not even going into detail because I'm hoping that anybody on this line is not the excessive alcohol Drinker, so we're gonna move on. But know that that habit is also one that will destroy your brain because we got some other stuff. Oh, the next one I'm hoping I'm not going into it. Smoking, smoking. No, we're gonna talk about this one because this one is interesting to me because they may bring on some stuff. I mean, come on, alcohol. We know they always said alcohol fries your brain, so we ain't talk about that. The carcinogens in cigarette smoke trigger inflammation and free radical damage throughout the brain. Over decades, smokers suffer accelerated cognitive decline and markedly higher incidence of stroke, dementia, and Parkinson's disease. They say even smoking occasionally is problematic, as studies show smoking just one cigarette restricts blood flow to the brain for over an hour afterward. Quitting smoking provides immense benefits to neurological and overall health at any age. Now, here's one of the things that one of the things why I pushed this smoking one, despite the fact I didn't push alcohol one. This weed smoking. This weed smoking. Now, we know what weed does to your brain as an intoxicant. So if regular smoking of tobacco 
does this. Can you imagine what damage the weed is doing? Far greater than they are imagining. Here's the way the enemy is getting in. Because he's already taking these dodo birds who already have dodo brains. Because you have to have a dodo brain in order to even smoke weed. So he's taking the dodo brains who are smoking the dodo weed and he's making it worse. Can you imagine what's happening to these brains out here? That's why they're stupid when they smoke. They are stupider. Let me put it like that. Yes, Pastor Steph said it. You're dumb. If you smoke weed, you're dumb You because you feel like it ain't doing nothing to you but just simply making you high. Well, what does that mean? It means that it is a mind altering, which means that it is affecting your brain. That's not on this list. So, oh, well, I guess this, this is the clean list because I'm adding that to the list. Well, number seven, the habits that are destroying your brain, excessive Screen time, well, that just killed me and how many other billions of people in this world. Oh, they say over time, they say technology provides convenience but also risks overstimulating delicate neural circuits. Passively scrolling social media, playing video games for hours, or continuously switching between browser tabs overloads cognition. Additionally, screen light date at night impairs sleep. Oh well, don't tell, don't ask Shanti's what Pastor Steph is doing because she's always imitating me with the iPad to my face. Setting limits on recreational screen usage defends neurological health. They say for every 30 minutes of device use, look away at something 30 feet away for 30 seconds. Consciously assess if screen time replaces healthier activities. Okay. Oh, and they say that they have apps that can help you out with that. Well, that's not a surprise. That's not a surprise. That's not a surprise. All right. And we have another one. They say ignoring mental health weakens brain scaffolding. Now, we need to read that one because I don't know what in the world that means. Positive mental health and mood provide the baseline scaffolding to access higher cognitive abilities. Depression, loneliness, and disconnection from purpose all undermine neurological potential. However, simple habits to support mental health powerfully uplift brain function. So, you know, I have to tell you, I'm looking at Stephanie in in quite a few of these um, different points. So I'm going to go over it again, and I want you to think about, you know, how many of these habits you have. And uh, let's get this together. All right, so we have habits that destroy your brain, lack of sleep, bing. So let's do that. Let's do that. Let's have a little fun. Let's do that. Let's go bing out loud. I don't have to hear you. I can. You're going to hear me, but I don't have to hear you. For everything that is your habit. All right? Even if, Listen, listen, and don't underestimate it. If this is what you do, this is what you do. Okay? So how many bings can we get? Lack of sleep. Bing. Poor diet. Bing, 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 bing. Physical inactivity, bang, 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 because I can't help it. 
for chronic stress, alcohol, smoking, excessive screen time. Boom. <laughs> Ignoring mental health. All right, so like I said from the very beginning, the the best part about that title is the fact that it said habits, which means that God is giving us an opportunity to correct these things, all right? So we want to make sure we take God's advice. You know, God is giving us advice, so he's taking the time to invest in us. You know, that's what I always say. This is investment. Because I didn't think about this, you know, the same way as I, yesterday as I thought about it today. So let's, let's, uh, let's take the time to uh, give God thanks and fix these things that we can. All righty? All righty. Well, before we go into our King Holiday tribute, I found a very interesting article, and I I kept it to a minimum today because I really want to focus um, on some other stuff today. So I have one article, but I was like, wow. So they have the father of modern gynecology, who is J. Marion Sims. They say he performed dangerous experiments, quote-unquote, on enslaved black women without the use of anesthesia. Now, I don't know how many of you heard of this J. Marion Sims because I have never heard of him. But again, they are calling him, or they did call him, father of modern gynecology. And uh, here's the thing that made it very interesting. And I was like, well, how did I miss this one? And I guess because at that time I really wasn't into news news. Well, they said back in 2018 that there were several protests here in New York, New York City. And they protested the New York City's Public Design Commission. And they voted unanimously to remove the statue of this J. Marion Sims from Central Park. Now, let me say this. If you can get enough names and raise enough noise without revolting, without tearing up the, you know, the neighborhood, without burning your place down, and nobody really heard of this before, then that shows that we can get some things done and there is power behind unity. Okay, now let me go into why he was kind of taken down. They took the whole statue down, okay? So they say that he developed, quote-unquote, a surgical technique for the repair of vesicovaginal vistula, and that's a severe complication of obstructive childbirth. He also invented the Sims speculum. Now, ladies, you know what that is. Yes, well, this this uh, gentleman, 
He invented that. That's that surgical instrument that you always hear women complain about when they're doing a pap smear or whatever it is um, that um, kind of holds you open, okay? He also invented the Sims sigmoid catheter, which is a thin tube used to aid the removal of uterine tissue, among other functions. And, yo, he also invented the Sims position. Everybody know this one. A posture used for rectal examination treatments, enemas, and examining women for vaginal wall prolapse. Now, here's the problem. Now, that's, that's great because we know if it wasn't for the speculum, we would not be able to do certain things. We also know, you know, this, this stuff that has been mentioned is, like, vital to our health, right? Well, they say that most of those things came at the cost of the health and well-being of black women. Why? Because in order for him to do these things, mm, no anesthesia. So in order for him, he I guess he thought of these things and, and you know, you got to find out if it works. So they say he occasionally experimented surgery, they're calling it, on white women. But the real main subjects were black enslaved women with the fistulas, and that's what we were talking about a second ago. And they would be, they would get them from the slave owners and with some level of contract. And this was back in the 1840s. And they say that they were often, these procedures were often repeated several times and never got consent from the patients, which stripped these women of any freedom to really say what, you know, what happens to my body. So they say one subject, a woman by the name of Anarcha, or whatever that name is, was operated on 30 times before the repair of her fistulas was declared a success. Oh, my gosh. My insides just got finished getting all twisted. Wow. Wow. They're saying on some occasions he would administer opium to the enslaved subjects after the surgical procedure. <clears throat> and, oh, my goodness, mm, that was his practice. That was one of the things he did. Mm, wow. Now, they're saying that he's, they, whoever started doing the research ended up finding out that this is what was going on. That the black patients, quote-unquote, received less pain treatment than the, than their white counterparts. And they were bigging him up. And they're saying that after his death, 
The researchers used the cervical cancer cells of a Henrietta Lacks without permission or compensation. And in 1961, they say a doctor performed a hysterectomy, and they called it back then a Mississippi appendectomy on Fannie Lou Hammer, which sterilized her without her even knowing what happened. Mm. Mm. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. mm. They say that they claimed that the black women were experimented on to improve the health care. But here's what they, how they've twisted it. Ooh, and this is nasty. This is nasty, y'all. This is nasty. They say, no, 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 no. Put it this way. Black women were experimented on to improve the health care for white women. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. It's, it, you, know, you know what's sad, y'all? You could, why, you, why can you feel that? Why, can, why does that feel like, you know what? That's how that, that's how it really ended up becoming. Because check this out. If you look at it this way, so by the time you got to the white women, you were giving them anesthesia and all this kind of stuff. Why? Because you learned from the black women that how painful it was, and it didn't matter back then, and it took them for you to understand what what this whole process and surgical procedure and all of this experimenting was really about. So therefore, you had done the anesthesia thing by this time. That's how you could look at it, and that's the sad part. That's the sad part. Mm. Well, here's the thing. Here's why he made such a mark. They say because before him, they say exploration study of gynecology didn't even exist. They had no idea, supposedly, how to do any of this stuff, how to treat any of this stuff, um, how to address any of this stuff. And because... He was the one who really went digging, oh, if you will, with the enslaved black women. That's why they're giving him all the props. And all of these things are called the Sims this and the Sims that. Oh, Lord have mercy. He wrote a personal memoir called The Study of My Life. And he wrote that without the ability to perfect his techniques on black women, whom he describes as being the very bottom, oh, Lord, (laughs) he could not have later ascended his practice to the aristocratic families, the upper crust of Montgomery. Are y'all, are y'all, I got to repeat that just in case you sneeze, cough or something like that. In his personal memoir called The Story of My Life, he wrote that without the ability to perfect his techniques on black women, whom he describes as being the very bottom, he could not have later ascended his practice to the aristocratic families, the upper crust of Montgomery. It's time to talk to the due time crew because I didn't about had enough Enough, enough. Uh, You know, I always start with 
our, our girl Tamika, and I'm not going to do anything different today, especially since this got something to do with the women. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Tamika. Monday, Monday, morning. Good morning. How are you? Girl, I was fine till I read that article because I didn't actually get too far in it before I got distracted. So all of this is like new to me this morning. But other than that, I'm well. Thank you. How are you? I'm well, but just like <laughs> you, you know, I, I am definitely affected. You know, um, I have heard many of times that, you know, we as black women were experimented on, you know, and mm-hmm. not even our children were safe, you know, from the doctor's hands and experimentation, you know, there there are documentations of where not just the woman but babies were disassembled, you know, brains were removed mm-hmm. from babies and, you know, they cause women to um unfortunately um not have their babies. You know, or babies were removed from the womb prior to term. You know, for experimentation purposes, um, this is the first time that I have gotten a name attached to uh, the many different things that were done, you know. And so, of course, you know, now that you've got a name that you can point it to, of course, the feeling is entirely different. You know, I, I'm all the more, I was mad, now I'm mad, earth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whoa, I really didn't... I saw the caption, started reading, got mad, and girl, today got turned up nine notches. I'm with you. I am mad. Um, and to think that people got credit, like credit, credit for this, and you, mm-hmm. you had a big old statue sitting up somewhere. Wow, wow, wow. Well, let's hear what your fellow crew members uh, think today. Let's say good morning to our brother Ainsley. We've got Ainsley on this morning. He's joining us. Oh, what a special little treat. Good morning, Ains. Oh, I hope you're not. Brother Ainsley. Okay, we're gonna put him back on mute because maybe he went to the bathroom or something. You know, we're gonna give him we're gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. We're gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's say good morning to our brother Al, which I am anticipating there will be no noise in the background this morning. Good morning, brother Al. Chop chop of the morning, chop chop of the morning. No kids, no noise, no trouble. Happy MLK Day. Okay. <laughs> Good morning, good morning, good morning. Brother Al, now you just heard all of this stuff about this uh, father of modern gynecology, this Mr. Sims, J. Marion Sims. Now that you've heard all that he has done, what are you thinking? You know, it don't surprise me. You You know, back in them days like that, they did so much to black people in general, you know, even when they experimented on men with syphilis, you know, it's, it's, it's just like, what go through your mind and say, this is okay. You know, like you, you just have to have no type of love for people to say, okay, you know what, to further science or to get my name out there, I'm going to do this and it doesn't matter. You know, that that's just, 
I'm just sitting there in awe, you know, like, wow, you know, this, this is crazy. And like mm. you say, you're the father of God. Cause you, you're the father of who? Of what? You know, you, oh, it just, I was just listening. I was just discussing because, you know, just picturing what the women were going through. Mm. You know, what, what, what you were going through to be like a lab rat. You up on this table and they just not sure what gonna happen, but we gonna check it out and see. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's just that's just crazy. Yeah. Absolutely, brother Al. Absolutely. Mm. Glad to have you on with us today. Uh, let's see what oh, yeah. Shantice has got to say. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How Good morning, are you? Everyone. I'm fine, thank you. How Good. are you? I'm all right, thanks. I'm all right. What are you thinking about this here? I I think this is crazy, and my mind kind of went there, too. How are you, Mark, the father of gynecology, after doing all of this here? And I just pulled the his, his picture up, and, of course, oh, and guess who spoke on him, Pastor Steph? Dr. Kerry Ann Perkins Gordon did a really yes yes as I just googled it her her picture I think her video popped up yes her video popped up so later on I'm gonna have to go listen to that because you know she apologizes herself a black woman so you know she she would have a lot to say of this father and it's just amazing what you get credentials for. It's really amazing what you get notoriety for. It is really amazing how a lot of the times we don't become quote-unquote popping until we do something that just destroys people. And then now it's like you get the credit as if you've done something amazing. And, you know, it's, it's bad enough a lot of the times, and you can understand it sometimes, you know, that but you have to experiment. You know, experiment on certain animals, so on and so forth. And for you to now do this with women and destroy women, and it's it's just so sad because again, here we go back to, you know, we are looked at as nothing, so that now you can perfect your craft on the group that you deem higher up. And if and I don't understand how we in our culture can continue to learn. So this is my my very first time hearing of, of this man, hearing of this experiment, hearing of all of this. It's amazing how we can continue to hear and learn of this and still not come together to do, you know, for ourselves and not want to be accepted by that group and all that. It, it's just really amazing to me how we can continue to hear that and still keep this, enslaved mindset still choose to, to be enslaved still choose to go out of, our, out of our way to be accepted by this group when they continue to show us that they continue to go back to their history and repeat their history and doing what they need to do to suppress us whether it's subconsciously or whether they're fully aware that this is what they're doing because this, this is horrible and you can it's see those, uh, the images Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Your, your your comment is very interesting, and I'll I'll elaborate on it in a minute. Um, thank you so much 
for joining us this morning. And, uh, you know, Shantice just got finished saying that, you know, this this is perpetuated, this behavior in one way or another. In one way or another is perpetuated, you know, whether they're ripping us apart inside literally um, or if they're ripping us apart in another way. It's almost like when the Bible says, you know, if you hate your brother, you know, you've murdered him. And, yo, this is it. This is it right here. You know, when... When we look at all of this behavior that we've been watching, and it seems like it's accelerating, maybe even some people would say that it was worse than back then. Um, you know, it would be, you know, easy to say that it's gotten worse. You know, some people say it was worse back then. Some people say it's worse now. Um, it, it's this. This is the the the, the sad part about it because over the time it hasn't gotten better it it has progressively gotten worse so you know being that it's mlk day which is uh today's his actual birthday um you know i want to do something a little different and i want to compare what his speech was back then and how we are uh, how we're living now how we're living now now this is like really interesting because when I'm when I'm actually reading this it kind of shook me I'm like yo this is crazy when I when I actually read this this article here with you all today and uh, let's just take a minute. You know, I, I got a little abridged version of the speech. And, you know, maybe you've heard it a million times. Maybe you've heard it once. But, you know, I wanted to kind of make it fresh um, so that he could, so we could hear and be kind of updated. Let's listen. I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, J.R. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 
100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream that one day, even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. And every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the south with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day with all of God's children be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring.
from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi. From We will be able to speed up that day when all of us children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at That was only six minutes and 46 minutes of, 46 seconds, I'm sorry, of the speech. Now, the speech was initially supposed to only be four minutes long, (laughs) but it ended up being 17 minutes. And, you know, I, pu- I extracted a, a, a few lines, and I wanted to give the, the crew an opportunity to speak about it. Because I'm, I'm sure as you listened, you heard some things that, like, made your eyebrows go up, made your heart flutter a little bit. It was like, wow, um, at least in my words, wow, um, made you think made you think, and I wanted to read this sentence, this line here, these lines here. It says, 100 years later, and he's talking about from the time when um, this was initially written, the Emancipation Proclamation was written, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. 100 years later, the Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. Now, I'm going to call on you, and I'm asking you to focus on what was read because I'm, I'm going to re- be reading some other stuff, and I don't want you crossing over into some other sand. And I'm going to start with our brother, Ainsley. Good morning, brother Ains. Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm up, I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, all righty. So just based on that piece of, you know, the the speech, what what what's your thought? 
You know, it's interesting. You know, I you know I've heard this speech, you know, many many times, and most of the time you hear it from the end. Um, and but you know, this first time I actually sat down and just actually read it, and you know, and it is really a beautifully crafted speech. You know, uh, you know, it's a good speech. You know, it's always a good speech, and and how he presents it is 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 by itself is is meaningful and significant. But we actually sit down and actually, I'm gonna actually read the speech. You know. Because something kind of, um, I don't know, maybe audio-wise, it just kind of went over my head, so to speak, and they actually read it. I'm like, okay. Uh, it's like really, it is really beautifully crafted um, and how it's, it's, it's and it goes from the theme from beginning to end. And now you get a better sense of of how you end, of how it ends. It's like a beautifully crafted presentation argument to be made he's making and um it is is really it's, it's really something and really is something all righty that's our introduction thank you so much let's thank you for joining us today this is normally your day off but thank you for joining us ah pastor kl mm-hmm. good morning good morning how are you I am well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. You doing well over there? Did how do we make out from the tornado weekend? Oh man, it's cold right now. We 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 still in it. Okay, okay. Still, still keeping our prayers rain. up. Come on, enter tomorrow. What'd you say? Yeah. I said it won't enter tomorrow. Oh, okay, okay. We'll still keep we'll keep you lifted in prayer. I just read a portion of the speech. I just read a portion of the speech. 100 years later, Negroes still not free. Negroes still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation. 100 years later, they still live on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of vast ocean of material prosperity. 100 years later, the Negro will Still, is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. Now, this was written, um, I'm sorry, speech was back from August 28, 1963, which means we've crossed over 60 years since this speech was given. How do those words back then when you hear it now, what do you think of Pastor KL? Well, well pretty much um, when you when you reread it or rehear it, not much has changed. You you know you 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 think that yeah we're not in slavery so you know that's better, but but in a lot of cases we we are still enslaved. You know whether it's, it's in our mind or whether you know people are just treating us. You know, lower than than they are. We we're still enslaved. So a lot of things, you know, though it has progressed, it ha it, it's still the same. Mm. All righty, all righty, all righty. Thank you. All righty, another little clip from the speech. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note. Excuse me, insofar as her citizens of color are concerned, instead of honoring this sacred obligation, uh, 
America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. Brother Al. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, you know, it's so funny when you hear the speech uh, when you're a little younger and when you're older, you know, now that you experience things, you do see things differently. And I would say, yeah, you know, they, they, they wrote us a bounce check. The check's still bouncing. <laughs> Years later, the check's still bouncing because you see, pull us 40 acres in a mule. I ain't seen my mule yet on my acres. You know, so so, so the, check, the, check is, the check is still bouncing. It's a rubber check, you know, and um, like I said, ain't much change from there. You know, the... I'm listed in part based on 100 years later. So now the only thing changed is instead of 100 years later, now it's 160 years later. Same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw in Brother Al, but we refuse to believe that the Bank of Justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity of this nation. What do you think about that part? Yeah, that that that's true as well because you say we ain't got this and we ain't got that, but when this war started, you ain't had no problem funding that war. When these immigrants are coming over, you ain't got no problem of funding a place for them to sleep and funding them money to do things. So yes, 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 that, that's that's uh, we refuse, we refuse to believe it, refuse, we veto it, rejection. <laughs> All righty. Shantice, but we refuse to believe that the Bank of Justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity of this nation. I'd like to hear from a millennial. Hello, are you there? Are you talking to the mic, to the mute button? I was. I'm sorry. Okay. They they don't care. They don't care about getting justice for us. They don't care about doing right for us, so that our mentality, you know, can can shift. Even with hearing about the gynecologist, which I would just call him the father or something, but even when you hear about the gynecologist, you know, where is the justice for not only the women who he bought? to experiment on, but, you know, their families and even for the the black women who hear this now, you know, even for the black female gynecologists, you know, where is the justice for those who now have to be in that field and now have to possibly, um, you know, Pastor Seth, you have Dr. Is Dr. Gordon you have on, right? Uh, You had on? Yes. Um, where, where Dr. Gordon even spoke on dealing with, with female patients who have had some level of trauma, whether it was physical or mental or emotional trauma that affects them being able to have proper examinations done. You know, we don't know where that stems from. Where, where is the justice for, you know, for those? How do we even know that women who would possibly learn of this or, have, or who have already learned of something like that we can't attest to if that would now be traumatic for them to now go 
and, you know, be examined and now trust the the doctor who, who was with them. And now when we go to cash in our justice, we can't. Where, you know, if any woman is bold enough to now go and, and look for justice or speak up, and now she is turned up bankrupt because now no one wants to speak on behalf of or, you know, make up for what has happened. Amen, 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 y'all. Amen. In the process of gaining our rightful place, we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. We must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must not allow our creative protest to generate into physical violence. Tamika. Through the sands of time, um, we can look at many things where we either allowed our emotions, the hurt, the pain, the degradation to cause us to either damage someone who in, in, in all right, didn't do anything, that person, but it's the history of all the pain and all of that that caused us to either hurt someone, hurt ourselves, you know, tear down our own neighborhood. We've seen it over and over. And, and, and I can go as far as recently where we have caused damage to our own vicinity, you know, burning down areas of need, you know, burning down the, the drugstore, the, the, the neighborhood drugstore where everybody comes, you know, now we've got to go to another town to even get any type of medication, you know, and because we're angry, we want to say something, we want to make a statement, you know, and he's cautioning, cautioning us right there and saying, listen, you know, you, you still have to hold your head up and not destroy yourself, your, your counterparts, your neighborhood." or someone who personally doesn't have anything to do with what's going on. Uh, um, I also want to say the, the pulling down of the statue that, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about it many times of, as I've gone to Central Park, I never knew, you know, and the fact that we could do something collectively and right. silently mm-hmm. to the point that those who are residents who live right here have never heard about it, that's the way that we handle stuff. Not in deed, but in action to the point that it takes it down and they're silent. Mm-hmm. 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 That's right. That's right. I want one more point. I have some other points, but I want to move on to some other things that we have today. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. Brother Ainsley, what's going on today? Is it happening today? Uh, I think it's probably maybe happening a little bit better, but a lot of times it's not because, you know, the main reason why it does happen is based on ignorance and things. It's like a generation-to-generation thing. And it's, 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 that is our hope and dream that that would be the case. 
but it's like we have to, we have to break that like it's like a generational curse from generation to generation. Um, I do believe it is getting somewhat better, but it seems it's going at a very slow at a very slow pace. Um, you know, I believe it is, but you know, I guess with with uh, social media and things being exposed, um, I think there's less there's there's less tendency for things to be hitting. You know, information is 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 at our fingertips. So, um, I think what they for ignorance is that, you know, for lack of knowledge, but when knowledge is always presented and easily to, um, out there and attainable, um, I think things will get better. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, when we allow freedom to ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Pastor K.L., Talking to the mute button. Okay. Uh, Brother Al. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't think Pastor Kale Cree right now. (laughs) Wait, hold on, Brother Al. Is that Pastor Kale coming through? Yeah, I was talking to the mute button. I'm sorry. I was saying a lot of stuff, Uh, too. Okay. We're coming to you, Brother (laughs) Al. We're coming to you. All right, Pastor KL, how are we closing this yeah, segment well, here? Well, well, I think when, when when we finally come together, you know, as as different nationalities, you know, stuff stuff can work out. When 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 we when we as a people, you know, as far as black people as well, stop stop, you know, a lot of things that we're bitter and they have made us feel inferior. That that we walk in that. And, and instead of coming out of it, we just stay bitter and, and we react. It's, we're reactive instead of being proactive. You know, if we can come together and, and, and help each other, you know, and work together. Now, you know, some people might not want, want to hear this, but on, on, until we as a people, and I'm talking about black people, can help each other, we're not going to help nobody else. You know, and, and, and when they see that, you know, they, they don't care about us. When they see that we're killing each other, you know, Martin Luther King said a lot of stuff, but 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 yet, you know, we we want all this freedom, but but we like to be in jail, we we like to be enslaved because mm-hmm. then then we have a reason to argue about it. You know, people just need excuses. You know, instead of coming up from among them, they like to stay there and wallow in it. That the white man is this and the white man is that. The white man can't do nothing to you that you don't like him to do. We can get the same education. Go go to the same schools and get the same jobs, but because we don't, we blame the white man that we can't. Alrighty, alrighty, brother Al, how are we wrapping up this speech? Free at last, free at last. Yeah, Thank um, God Almighty, we are free at last. Free at last, free at last. Oh yeah. Um, um, once all 
including ourselves and, and all the races, once we see each other as equal, then we can start talking that way. You know, um, you got some races feel they're more inferior than other races, and 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 they look down on you. And again, as far as like I said, black people, we bitter, we angry, and we got to put that to the past. It happened. We we can't do nothing about the past, but we can do something about the future. So once we put all that stuff aside, and like I said, we all see each other as equal. Then we can ring that freedom bell and say free at last, free at last. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to hear what some of our, uh, you know, fellow citizens have to say. You know, freedom, uh, equality, um Racism, these things have been spoken about in song. And I want to place some things, and I'm going to play them in its entirety because I want you to comment. And if I cut the song, then there may be some vital things that may you may pick up, and I, I can't dictate. So we're going to play these songs in its entirety. They're not long. But, um, you know, here's one that's taken from the Panther soundtrack i don't know how many of you remember that um that uh that movie panther and it was i want to give you a really quick really quick uh background so it was released in 1995 and uh it was about the black panther movement and it starred Quite a few of our familiar faces, Kadeem Hardison, Courtney Vance, um, Tyron Turner, and they had a sound a soundtrack along back then during that time in the 90s. Every movie had a soundtrack, especially every black movie had a soundtrack. And this was one of the bigger songs released from the soundtrack. Um, the song is called Freedom. And it, I mean, it pulls out all of the voices from the 90s, Aaliyah, Mary J., MC Light, uh, Tanya Blount, who did not get a whole lot of attention, En Vogue, um, Layla Hathaway, Queen Latifah, Janae, Vanessa L. Williams, Karen White, Karen Wheeler, Crystal Waters, uh, TLC, Monica, um, Sonia Marie, Salt and Pepper, SWV, Patra, I mean, quite a few, Miss Jones, quite a few voices you're going to hear. And this is, this is what they contributed to the soundtrack. And, you know, we want to make sure we, we listen and we hear what they had to say back in 1995. No unity, no power. White power for white people. Black power for black people. 1967. The Black Panther Party. The movement. Freedom. Let's talk about freedom. 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 We will not bow down to racism. We will not bow down to injustice. Exploitation 
Freedom, the Freedom song from, again, the movie Panther. And I apologize, my intent was to tell you all uh, again to go and just go in and, and look at the lyrics as we're playing the song. I sent the lyrics over to our due time crew. And uh, Tamika, you know, what do you extract from the, you know, there's some powerful words up in this song. Anything stick out to you in particular? <laughs> the majority of the whole entire thing. Um, <laughs> in that, what part do you want to elaborate on? Because that's <laughs> sure. White power um, black power for black people. We won't buy that, bow down to racism. We won't bow down to injustice. We won't bow down to exploitation. If I just look at the first couple of lines as they read, you know, there are many instances where in one way or another we have and we continue to. But then there are other areas, um, if we're talking about black women, where we have broke um, those walls and that we're getting through and we're making a stand. One of the things, and, and as small as it seems to one person, it's a big step. Um, would be in black hair care, you know, or black, you know, um, we, you know, a lot of us um, as black women, you know, for many times, for, for years, have, you know, been streamlined, you know, you're not accepted in certain areas um, because you have to have this particular, you have to fit a mold, you know, your hair has to be a certain kind of way and you have to do this and you have to do that, you know, you have to wear your clothes a certain kind of way and when, um, something as simple as braided hair became accepted, something as, you know, um, allowing us to wear our coils, you know, twisted hair, uh, locks, you know, things like that. You know, those are ways where we stand and we say, hey, you know, we're not going to take the, you know, I don't have to wear, you know, I don't have to be, and I'm not picking at anybody who chooses to, you know, be blonde hair and that type of thing, but I don't have to. I can now be who I want to be, stand who where I want to be and make a statement as I am, you know, and I, I can say myself, I went through that, you know, I, I, I was wearing my hair a certain way and as soon as I decided to change my style and allow my natural coils to be what it, it, it was, you know, I found that the lighter counterpart, you know, all, I, I've been working here for years, you've known me, you know my character, you know the type of person that I am started treating me different, you know, started reacting to me certain ways, you know. I even had a coworker say to me, you know, I don't like your hair. And I said to her, I didn't ask mm-hmm. I never asked for your mm-hmm. opinion. I didn't ask for you to involve yourself in that. And then she went to, it was kind of comical because everybody in the workplace, oh, did you hear what she said to me? I didn't ask for your opinion. Don't come for me. I will come for you. You know, don't, mm-hmm. don't come for me unless you're planning on going there. You know, and this is the world that we live in. The sad part about it is anytime I decide to make a stand for myself, you trivialize what I'm doing, but I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to keep making that mark. Mm, wow. Wow, interesting uh, extraction. Mm. This is why I say I have to let the whole song play, because I have no idea what's going to trigger any 
thought, feeling, or remembrance, or anything. Shantis, you know, this was a song of all female voices. This is where they're taking a stand. This is what they're putting out there. This is how they're expressing themselves. You know, I'm I'm looking at some lyrics. What sticks out to you? Um, the chorus. The, it was some other lines and um, verses later on, like towards the end of the song, but the chorus, the freedom for my body, the freedom for my mind, and it makes me think about how a lot of the black actresses in Hollywood now, like the vets, like the real actresses, actresses, you know, the ones who, especially from the 90s. So Jada Pinkett, um, oh, my goodness, who was another one? Nia Long is coming to mind, but I've never heard her speak on, like, as far as her hair. I know Nia, um, Jada Pinkett was one where she, not that long ago, um, because, you know, when she went bold, there was a whole lot of chatter. And she started expressing how that took a real mental toll on her to try to keep her hair up in a way that would be accept- acceptable for when it was red carpet time, for when it was press time, you know, anything, not even just the roles that she would play. And when I was listening to her, one of the things I thought to myself was, how blessed are you, girl? Because whether you got the shortcut, whether you had the long hair, it worked for her. Like, she didn't have to stay with just one style. And, you know, it was like, oh, this Sony style looks good in. But just thinking about how, you know, that industry, that film industry has you enslaved to believe that you have to look this Marilyn Monroe way or, you know, like a lot of the white actresses look in order to be accepted in in Hollywood to where I may not be able, and that's one of the things she said, I don't, my hair can't take the being um, processed and relaxed as often as it, you know, process the the way that it, you know, it needs to look in order to keep up with these red carpet appearances. And again, Jada Pinkett is a vet. How many movies and shows has she been in? So you can just imagine how many times she had to be on camera outside of the roles that she played. You know, so not only do I have to keep up whatever look for the character that I'm portraying, but then when it's time to promote this, I still have to keep up a certain appearance. And it's freedom for my body, freedom for my mind, freedom for my spirit. And until you have been through that directly, you have no idea the toll it takes on you mentally and emotionally when you have to keep up a physical appearance that after a while you start to wear yourself out. And it's no surprise that she's bald now. Because <laughs> it's like, listen, who cares to shave this off? Whoever like it, likes it, whoever doesn't, don't. I'm at the point in my career now, like, it is what it is. My work has spoken for itself, and whoever accepts me, it doesn't matter. I have to get to where I understand I need to accept myself or I will keep myself enslaved. It started with other people keeping me enslaved to the point where now I'm enslaving myself if I try to keep up with this. Mm-hmm. Excellent points, ladies, excellent points. You know, as we are taking our journey down this uh, memory lane as well as freedom thinking, um, progressive thinking, you know, back in the day there was a song written that became, you know, very, very um, 
a very powerful song. And now when you think of, you know, one of our concerns is that our young people understand the struggle. Our, our young people understand, you know, some of the things that you're fighting for is really not as important as some of the things you really need to be fighting for. You need to really you know, look around and see some of the things that you need to be paying attention to and wake up everybody um, was a How Melvin and Blue Note song and it was led by Teddy Pendergrass and if you know this, you know, old school music, uh How Melvin and the Blue Notes was the was the group but Teddy Pendergrass was the one who really did all of the front work for the um it was his voice that was in the front of that particular um group well that was again back in 1975 and it really got a lot of airplay and it was number 12 on the billboard hot 100 chart and that's pretty high to be in 100 songs and back in 2004 babyface released a cover of this song and yet again pulling in the various artists i love various artists songs i personally do i love them because it really just kind of there's an art to be able to place people in for for particular lines and and things like that well this one was a little different well it included a lot of younger um people and it included rap which i want you to pay attention to so pull up the song if you want to look at the lyrics wake up everybody Babyface, it, it, the lyrics are out there because I have it for the due time crew. I just sent it to them, so the lyrics are out there. And I want you to pay attention to the fact that he gave, uh, he put it, he included rap, which was ingenious in my opinion. But I want you to listen to what they had to say, um, and and what they needed to put out there. So let's just go forward. Again, the song is Wake Up Everybody. You're going to pull up the 2004 Baby Face version. Wake up, wake up. You've got the power. You've got the power. My people in the East, yo, you got to wake up. Midwest, 30 top, yo, you got to stand up. All my homies in the West, yo, you got to wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Make the old people well 
Pastor Kale used to be steaming hot. He's colder than New York now. So, you know, time is winding up. We don't have the time like that. You know, as, as I was listening to the song, you know, um, one, of the, one of the lines that stood out to me the most was when he said, um, the only thing we have to do is put it in our minds. You know, our minds are very powerful. You know, when you put in your mind that I'm going to do this or I want to do this, we do it. And that's what we got to do. We got to put in our mind what we want to do, you know, how, how we want to do it and just do it. So time is winding up, so we, we ain't got a lot of time. Tamika, you know, the song, Wake Up Everybody, back from 1975, is still relevant in 2004, still relevant in 2024. Boy, are you talking about decades later? Why is it so prevalent that we need to wake up? And what are we waking up to? There's so many moves that, you know, we need to put in action, you know, and, and you know, in some instances, we, we sit. You know, I, I'm looking at the lyrics. Um, uh, it's verse 7, that whole portion there. Set a goal for the plan up here. We got to stand up here. Give thanks to the man upstairs. Put the egos and pride to the side regardless. And just be role models, parents, artists. We can make a change, and we can make it the hardest. If you're going to make a baby, you should make them the smartest. You know, all of us play a role. You know, if you, you don't have to be the parent of the child. You, each person plays a vital role to getting it done. We, as a corporate body, you know, we're so busy arguing about trivial stuff that doesn't matter. You know, you know, something as simple as, you know, taking the label of ancient mom. Ancient mom's been like that for years. How about stuff that makes a substantial change? You know, Uncle Ben's right. Again, that's something that you eat. It has nothing to do with actually making things Let's take a step corporately and get it done. All this arguing and bickering about this and that and those things that don't really matter. Let's make a change for the greater good of everybody. We gather together. It's not your child, however. You got access to it. Get, get, get what it is that you can, whatever portion of knowledge that you can impart to a child, because we recognize that we are fading out. We're not always going to be here. Reach out to a child. Reach out to an elder. Listen to an elder. If you're if you're, if you're a youth, pay attention to what they have to say. They've been here longest. They can give you um, a word that can help you for the future. So we corporately, if we gather together, the amazing things that we can get done. Mm, all right, all right, Shantice, wake up, wake up, wake up. Ah, oh, one minute. What you got? Everybody likes to say they woke. I'm woke. I'm woke. Ain't nobody saying nothing. <laughs> and as many times, every time I hear this song, I always tear up and never really, like, I was like, okay, I know why, but then didn't know why. And one of the reasons why, and it's stated at the end of the song, your responsibility. And these artists understood that they have a responsibility. Everyone, especially us millennials and the generations behind us, everyone thinks that they could wake up and have this microwavable epiphany and, and career. I wake up, I want to sing, I'm a singer, I, I want to rap, I'm a rapper, I buy an iPhone, I'm a photographer. 
Nobody wants to take the responsibilities that come along with these titles. I'm a public figure. I'm also, if I hear one more person talk about their public figure, and ain't nobody saying nothing. Ain't nobody doing nothing. And it's not until you understand when you hear artists like Eve, who was the, who was with the Rough Riders, DMX, um, um, Jada Kiss, Rough Riders, Fab, anybody who knows Fabulous, these are rappers who rap street stuff. Okay, they know what it is to be in the streets. To their lyrics got profanity and all that, and then now to hear them on a track like this and they flow so dope on this track. You would have never known if you just was born yesterday and heard this. You wouldn't have known of their previous work. And it's because they understand the responsibility. Until we understand that we have a responsibility to not only ourselves that we always ignore, but to each other, there's not going to be a change. We have to make sure that we're speaking things that are relevant. And this is why it was like, I'm pretty sure those of us who have any experience in this type of industry, performing arts, it takes a lot to pull something like this together. But when you look at the finished product and you hear it, you can tell that there was so much unity within the planning and the producing and the writing and, and everything. And you, it's only when you understand your responsibility that you're able to be successful with, a, with projects like this. You know, and until, again, until we understand that, there's not going to be a change. All righty, all righty. Brother Ainsley, I'm going to target something, and I want you, you know, and I saved you particularly for this piece. You know, at the end, the song takes a shift, uh, uh, in a sense, and Missy Elliott's, um, she had a release, she had a, a, a release of a song and a I guess, you know, some type of a word. Um, I can't think of the word I want to use. But they included it on the tail end of this song, which I thought was just, in, again, an ingenious move on the producing of Babyface. Um, but they talk about voting. She talks about voting. And, you know, she says at the end, you better get up and vote, get up off your back and wake up. Why? Why is that? Especially now we're in 2024 where the voting will happen at the end of the year, God spares. Why is that so crucial? It is it's very crucial. Um, if, you just, if you just think on, even in, in a broader context, on voting, why is, why is, uh, is it why is it seem like this voting is such an issue? It like you know, it's, if you look, um, the the right to vote is is still being challenged for when it shouldn't be. You know, it seems like there's a, re, a regression and like everybody doesn't have the equal equal opportunity to vote. If things kind of make it harder, why is that? Because our vote is meaningful, it's very meaningful, and it's powerful. And something that we all, at least we can do, is go and, and vote. Um, I have I have some some um, some friends and some people who I vehemently disagree with, who who, who don't vote because they feel like um, it doesn't make a change. It, 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 I don't see them make, they make any changes. But me, I'm like, how dare you not? Because this is one one way 
you can't participate in a democratic process. Another thing, you know how many of our ancestors were discriminated against? How many of our ancestors, our forefathers, our people who, who went, through, went through hell to, for us to have the opportunity to vote? And how dare you not take advantage of that? You know, how dare you not, you know, try to keep that forward? And so, and so voting is very, very powerful. It's got to be, it's got to be, you know, it, to me, it has to be ingrained to the next generation. Uh, I think, like Tamika said, like in verse 7, you know, if you have a, um, a, uh, a child make them smarter, we got to instill this. And voting is, 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 is important. It's, it's, it speaks to our future and where we, where we, where we can go and what we can do. And properly, you know, without violence and whatnot, it's, it's, it's getting involved in in the process. You know, it's something you can't. You know, you, how are you going to complain about something when you don't do nothing? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If all you got to do is vote, just how, how hard is it to vote? I mean, how really hard is it to vote? So how are you going to complain about this, that, another, and you don't do nothing? The least you can do is go vote. How, how long does it take to go vote? I mean, I mean, you might have to stay in line a little bit, but, you know, come on now. That's the least you can do. That's the least you can do. You know, and my thing is, you know, so I wake up, I'm like, I want to know who is still asleep. Wake up. <laughs> oh, wow, wow, wow. Nice point, nice point, nice point. Oh, you know, I want to definitely take the opportunity Thank you all for your comments. Uh, really good, really good comments. This song, 2004 version, was produced by Babyface and Russell Simmons. And you can hear Babyface all over this. If you know his music, it's like, this is him. Um, he is a master at various artists. Um, he's done quite a few different um, uh, projects. And he has a knack for putting this together. I want to throw out some of these um, voices you heard. Akon, Ashante, Babyface, Brandy, Claudette Ortiz, Eve, Fabulous, Faith Evans, Floetry, Jadakiss, Jaheem, Jamie Foxx, John B., Kiki Palmer, Marquis Houston, Mary J. Blige, Mari Benari, Missy Elliott, Monica, Music Soul Child, Nate Dogg, Nick Scotty, Omarion, Reverend, and Y. Clef John. And they did a really good job. Um, you know, I want to read a few benedictions because, you know, it, this, this whole conversation has covered quite a bit. We have a benediction of hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope, Romans fifteen thirteen. We have a benediction of love. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen. We have a benediction of peace. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, Philippians 4, 7. And, you know, we are really blessed to be able to be on the side of freedom. Whether we agree with it, whether Mm -hmm. it needs some work, whether it needs some improvement, we are really blessed to be on the side of freedom. You know, other countries don't have even the freedom to 
um, just pray out loud. They don't have the freedom to be able to um, read their Bibles, go to church. You know, this stuff here, this is like not like joke, not a joke, not a joke, not a joke at all. And, you know, let's give God thanks that we, regardless of the circumstances, as, as, as the writers have said in these rap pieces, it's up to us. It's really up to us. So I want to make sure to, you know, just bring out some of these things today. I think it, it was worth talking about, and I thank you for your cooperation. I'm going to end with another song, so I am going to say, You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us today, and we pray that, you know, there's some awareness that you really feel like you need to stop sleeping, like Brother Ainsley said. Who's still sleeping these days? Wake up. Ah, please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now. Because later is not promised to any of us. Tomorrow, God spares, we're going to be doing a special um, My Two Cents. We're going to focus on the soundtrack of Kingdom Business Season 2. It, it's a nice soundtrack, and I want you to jump on in and participate. Send me your song songs of that you like in preferential order and we're going to count down to the number one song so we've done movies we've done film we've done tv and now we're going to do my two cents in the um, movie um in the music i'm sorry in the music aspect so i'm inviting you to join in you know how to reach me so let's get it done the due time crew has sent in their uh at least some of them have sent in some of their um uh, order in their pieces. All right. So I look forward to being with you tomorrow. God spares. Please, you know, take a time to listen to uh, a song that was specifically made uh, for this particular time uh, of uh, the King Holiday. So this song, King Holiday, was released in 1986, January 13th. And it included Elder Barge, Whitney Houston, Stacey Lattisor, Lisa Lisa, and Full Force, T- Tina Marie, Menudo, whoa, Stephanie Mills, New Edition, James Taylor from Cool and the Gang, Curtis Blow, The Fat Boys, Grandmaster Melly Mel, Run DMC, and Houdini. Enjoy. Have a blessed day. <laughs>